Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What is going on? This is Daniel Garcia from the All Angels Podcast in Halo Haven. Um, we're dropping a, a special interview podcast um, to give you guys kind of a look behind the curtain. We got Victor Rojas, the play-by-play uh, announcer for the Angels for, I think, what was the last 10 years, but also started a new clothing brand, Big Fly Gear. And so we started talking to him about it on the interview um, it was a really good interview, and so we felt, Johnny and I felt like we need to put this out by itself just to give you guys an opportunity to hear the whole interview and, uh, you know, and check it out. Um, we are still doing our podcast at Spring Training this weekend, uh, March 16th. So, again, if you have any questions about this interview or anything, remember, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. So we are putting out another one this Saturday um, night, but like I said, this interview went really, really well. We really liked it. Um, Victor was great with his time, very generous with his time. So Johnny and I decided to, you know what, let's put it out now. Let's let you guys listen to it now for maybe if you're driving out to Tempe this weekend, put it on the car and, uh, listen to it as you go. But here's the interview we had with Victor Rojas. So we're here with angels play by play announcer, Victor Rojas, Victor, thanks for joining the all angels podcast. Uh, it's my pleasure to join you guys. Awesome, brother. So we got to start off with the Angels, obviously. I mean, it's an all-Angels podcast. So um, how do you feel about the Angels offseason, their acquisitions, and how do they look going into 2019? You know, it, it's, it's been an interesting offseason, uh, you know, especially going back to the end of the season and then, you know, Mike Sosha stepping aside and making that announcement that he's no longer going to be with the organization. And I think – from uh, from that standpoint, uh, it takes a little getting used to from a from a fan perspective, I'd imagine. Um, also, a little bit from a, I wouldn't say philosophical perspective, because I think what Billy Epler has brought to the table over the last couple of years has kind of already been in play, uh, both in the front office and in the minor leagues. But uh, you know, when you hire a, a new manager and virtually an entire uh, new staff, I know Andrew Bailey was with us last year. Paul Sorrento's been with us the last couple of years. Um, you know, there's uh, it's, it's a lot of moving pieces, and so I, I I don't I don't know what to think to be perfectly honest with you. Other than I'm excited to get going uh, with the freeway series coming up at the end of March and then starting off opening day uh, in Oakland to see what this team can can do. Um, you know, a lot of one year deals, uh, a lot of guys that are looking 
at least the Angels are from a perspective of uh, performance, bounce back years, so that not only do they perform for the Halos, but also are able to kind of raise their stock, if you will, going into free agency once again next year. But, uh, you you know, we talk about it every single year. To me, the biggest question for the Angels is, is health, and especially from a pitching perspective. And uh, I think that's going to be something until uh, the ball club is able to kind of roll consistently and maintain health for an extended period of time. It's going to be kind of a lingering thing. You know, Tyler Skaggs, even though it's not something serious, dealing with a little situation. Andrew Heaney's had a little something here. Uh, Zach Kozart's now dealing with a calf strain. Uh, Matt Harvey was slowed early on. So that, to me, is the uh, the trepidation, if you will, as an Angel fan going into a season. Like, oh, what's the health going to be like? Um, so I'm excited, uh, but it's a tempered excitement. Uh, the Angels have their hands full. It's the Houston Astros division to lose, uh, and it seems like other teams have gotten pretty good as far as the wild card is concerned. So uh, it's going to be an interesting 2019 uh, in its entirety. And you kind of touched on it, all the new, new faces with the one-year contract. Is there any one of those guys in particular you're uh... – can't wait to see um, opening day. Uh, you know, I like the idea. I mean, I definitely like the idea of what Trevor Cahill and Matt Harvey bring to the table. Both veteran guys. Uh, and if they're healthy and can contribute to this ball club, I think they'll help in a number of different ways. Just like I think Jonathan Lucroy will, will add some value as well. Uh, just the fact that he's been around uh, for as long as he has and, and has done it for so long. Uh, but for me, I guess if I had to say one guy, it's probably Cody Allen. Um, yeah. Until Keenan Middleton comes back, and I know we saw the emergence of Ty Butchery last year towards the end, and I'm really excited about his arm. Uh, you know, Cody Allen's the guy that's done it, uh, had a down year last year, and hope the, for me, I hope it's a bounce back season for him, uh, being able to kind of get back to where he was a couple of seasons ago with Cleveland. Not only that, um, kind of lengthen the bullpen out a little bit so it doesn't become. Uh, you know, one of those situations where you're constantly using bullpen arms and guys getting exhausted. But then again, it all is tied into uh, health uh, of pitchers' arms uh, and really starters going deeper into games. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Brad Osmus has changed from his time as a manager with the Detroit Tigers and how he handled the bullpen to to now and what 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 his you know the way he is going to implement certain roles for certain guys, if that's the way they're going to go and or how he handles the pitching staff. So uh, I think there's a lot of questions going in. I think there's a lot of excitement. Uh, everything I've heard from, from camp, uh, I keep hearing it's a different camp. I would imagine that it is just from the, from the personnel, uh, from the way camp is run uh, and to any number of reasons. But I, I think there's a lot of excitement and, and optimism um, especially when you start looking at the farm system, you know, it's good to know that there, there are guys down in the, in the farm right now that can help your ball club, uh, you know, should the need arise. Yeah. And to, to follow up on just the, the, the health concern, the health issues or whatever, but, uh, you know, last year we had a preseason show and, you know, we cover the angels. We, we, we watch every game or whatever at the beginning of last season, I, I legitimately picked them to be like maybe the second wild card. Does this and to me, you know, heading into this offseason, this team is, I think, just as good or better than last year's team, barring the injuries. Obviously, do you feel like the Angels right. are a legitimate contender for maybe a wild card spot? Sure, I mean, you know, look, anything can happen. Uh, you know, are Justin Verlanders and Garrett Cole going to perform the way they did last year? I mean, 
you know, that any anything can happen from a, from an injury perspective, not only to this ball club, but to, to any ball club. So, uh, you know, the whole cliche about you got to play the schedule, it's 162 games and all that stuff, it really comes to fruition when it comes to, to Major League Baseball. I mean, very few times will you get – uh, a franchise that is capable of going, you know, from uh, from open to finish and just absolutely dominate. There's ebbs and flows throughout the course of the season. So when I when you ask me the question, are, are, do the Angels have a shot? Yeah, I think the Angels have a shot. There's no question about that. But it all goes back to assuming everyone performs uh, to their capabilities and uh, and health. Uh, look, I think Andrew Heaney took a huge step forward last year. Uh, I, I, just from coming back from injury, number one, and number two, I think from what he brings, uh, the way he really handles his business on the mound, it's exciting uh, as an Angels fan to, to see him healthy and, and really attacking hitters. I thought Tyler Skaggs had an incredible first couple of months, uh, all-star caliber uh, first couple of months last year, and then a couple of starts before the all-star break, got knocked around a little bit, and all of a sudden the subsequent injuries to him, I think it was three cents on the disabled list uh, the rest of the year for him. So while we've seen kind of a, a couple of steps forward, a couple of steps back, I, I think the fan base, I think the organization would like to see things going forward continuously. I think everyone would like to see that from a, from a health perspective, especially when it comes uh, to the pitching staff. You know, I, I hope that we see Keenan Middleton at, at some point this year. I'd imagine we're going to see J.C. Ramirez, who uh, was a heck of a find in a trade with the Cincinnati Reds a couple of years ago. I imagine he'll be back at some point. Uh, he, he, he's a guy that really could help the back end of this rotation. Uh, but we also saw a guy take some huge steps for the Angels last year, Felix Pena. I mean, what a terrific arm and terrific find uh, Billy Eppel had last year coming over from the Chicago Cubs. And what he was able to do kind of as a, as a swing guy. I mean, he did it out of, mostly out of the rotation, but he's a guy that can be really a, a sixth starter, if you will, a guy that can go long out of the pen or, or go every fifth day if you need him to to fill the void. And like I said, you got some kids down on the farm that uh, can probably help you at some point. So to answer your question, I know it's a little long-winded. There's a lot of caveats, and there, yeah. and there has been over the last couple of years. And it's unfortunate that every year we get to this point and, yeah, we're all excited for the start of the season because everyone starts 0-0, uh, mm-hmm. and nobody's going to go 162-0. and uh, But for the Angels, it really boils down to forget about what anybody else is doing. Uh, everybody on this 25-man roster, 40-man roster, however you want to look at it, has got to remain healthy and has got to contribute to their ability that we know uh, they're capable of, of contributing to. Yeah, we're really looking forward as fans to see that next step by some of those like younger players, like you're saying, the Skags and the Haneys and stuff like that. So going on to um, another really big reason why I wanted to have you on here is your new clothing brand, Big Fly Gear. Um, you know, talk to me about what what made you want to get into the clothing, um, you know, clothing market and, and start selling shirts and sweatshirts. You know, it, it was uh, a couple of years ago, and I, it wasn't necessarily. Uh, the clothing or apparel side of things that I wanted to get into. I, I wasn't quite sure what we were thinking we were going to do. I knew we wanted to start a business. We knew we wanted to do something with the family uh, and that we wanted to involve the kids uh, at, at every level and, and kind of teaching them, uh, you know, how to start a business and, and kind of share that entrepreneurial spirit. I've always been one of those type of guys that likes to try uh, new things. Uh, I tried it at, uh, for me, I, I had a, a web-type situation that I, I started uh, and couldn't finish while I was at MLB Network, and I eventually got hired with the Angels, and I had to 
put it uh, put it away just because I didn't have the time uh, from a from a social media standpoint. Uh, and uh, so I've always had kind of that spiritual want to do something. And a couple of years ago, we decided to go ahead and uh, uh, my company that I run a lot of things through is called Big Fly Media. And so we wanted to create a logo. And so I found uh, an Angels fan by the name of Bryce Reyes, who is uh, one heck of a designer. And his, and his designs are very kind of uh, vintage retro, old school, which is the part of the history of baseball that I absolutely love, especially the look and feel of it. And so we got together and I hired him to create a logo and he came up with the, the current logo. And this was in September of 2017, and uh, we didn't know what to do with it. To be perfectly honest with you, there was a lot of steps uh, along the way of, you know, from a from trademark standpoints that uh, we had finally pushed the bed, and and it was finally in the really October of last year when uh, Kim and I, my wife, decided, you know, let's let's do this apparel thing, and it, it kind of came about quickly. And I knew I wanted to tell stories somehow. I didn't want it just to be about Big Fly and little catchphrases and, and throw stuff like that on, on shirts because there's a ton of companies that do that and, and do it very well. I wanted, I wanted our graphics to tell stories. And so that's how we kind of came to be. It's, it's a person, uh, a group, a, a place, or a moment in baseball's history revolving around the home run. And uh, we create a graphic, and that graphic tells the story. Uh, so if you go on our website, each graphic that you click on or each item that you click on, there's a design explanation as to how we got to this point. And this is why we call it X. Um, and really, right now, we're just at the inception. We just right. uh, had our one-month anniversary yesterday, and we've got all these designs already lined up. So as cool as and as exciting as the original launch graphics were, the ones that we have in the pipeline, well, the military one's coming out here in the next week or so. Saw that, yeah. Uh, the other ones we have behind are even better. So it's just like you just – Bryce and I are on this on this perfect little click right now <laughs> of I say one thing, he says, yeah, that sounds awesome. He, he does it, and it's like, wow. It, and it's, it's been pretty cool so far. Yeah, it, they're great T-shirts. I, I bought two myself, and, and when they came in and my wife able to see, like, the quality and everything of the shirt itself is now – um, online looking to buy some before uh, opening day so definitely a great a great uh, product that you, you that you're putting out there and to kind of lead on to the, what you were saying about family and how you wanted to make it kind of like a family business anyone that follows you on, on your social media on your personal one or even the big fly one um, can see that that you're a big big family man how do you with the job you have how do you balance that out you know, you, you, you have to force the issue. You've got you to make the time to do it. Um, we moved um, from Southern California about four and a half years ago back to the Midwest and live in the, uh, in the North Texas area. And the reason we did that is because both of our parents, Kim and I's parents, are, are getting to the age where it's difficult for them. It's difficult for my mom to travel, and Kim's parents don't like to travel long distances on planes. So we decided that we wanted to be at least centrally located. So it's easier to go two and a half hours to Fort Lauderdale or Miami or two and a half hours to Southern California. And so for me, I, I, as much time as I can spend at home, I do so. And so our off season, this off season was incredibly busy with uh, the startup and the like. Uh, but even during the regular season, if I've got a, if I have an off day that I can take advantage of, uh, let's say we have a Sunday home game, and we're off on Monday. 
I'll come home on Sunday night and spend my off day here on Monday and then either go back to SoCal if there's a Tuesday home game or I'll fly to the next city and uh, on the next morning, on Tuesday morning, and meet the team there so that I, I spend as much time as possible. And maybe it's because um, well, not only do I love my family, there's, there's no <laughs> doubt about that, but you know, having grown up with my dad traveling as much as he did, you know, he missed a lot of things. Uh, you know, he had four boys. All of us played baseball and, and the like, and we all played different sports. And because of his schedule, especially after he stopped playing uh, when he was scouting, uh, he really spent a lot of time away from home. And so I think in the back of my head, I've made it a priority for me to, to, to spend as much time as possible uh, with my kids and my family when I get the opportunity to do so. And so that's, that's, that's been the biggest focus for us. And I think probably one of the biggest reasons that we, we started this business so that they take ownership and they are, they're asking me questions and they're constantly doing this. And you know, my daughter's 15, she's going to be 16 here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I run a lot of the social media stuff by her and, and we, we do it all. We literally do everything that you see from our business perspective. We do it as a family. There hasn't oh, yeah. been anything. We haven't hired anybody other than Bryce <laughs> being our designer. We haven't we haven't done anything outside of that, and it's and it's great to hear. Like when I ask, so I periodically I know I'm kind of going off, so I apologize. No, go ahead. No, you're good. But but I've asked a number of my friends, and I'll text them. Hey, I'd love to hear your feedback on what you think that we're doing in general, right? And you know, to get a text back saying, "Oh, your team is doing a great job. (laughs) You're killing it on social media." It's like that's awesome. That makes me feel good, just from the standpoint of you know. It, it looks big and feels big, and that's that's good. That's what we want, and and we also want it to feel like you can connect with us. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, I ordered I ordered something from my wife and I when we were doing all the research and trying to find certain things. You know, we ordered a bunch of products from different companies, right? And there was this one big company it had nothing to do with sports, and my wife really loved them. And when we got the product, it was like it was the, the, the most disappointing thing in the world mm. for her to to receive something. It was basically a, a shirt folded up, thrown in an envelope, and it was like, all right, you bought it, so yeah. here it is, type deal. And for us, we want you to feel as if you're getting a piece of us. My wife puts together every package. She yeah, folds every awesome. shirt. Uh, she pins every shirt. You know, the tissue paper, the sticker. Everything that we do, and we will continue to do so for as long as we can do, we want you to feel when you get that package, it's like it's it's from our home to your home. And and, and so you feel that connection. It's not just a product. There's there's more behind it. And uh, and I think it all starts with not only talking about it, but actually doing. And that's what we've really stressed with our kids is that, hey, we need your help doing this, whether it's inventory or whatever the case may be, or picking up shirts and going to the printer or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a part of your routine. And the kids have been awesome about it. So is my wife. And it's been, uh, really, it's been a fun four weeks. It's, <laughs> it seems like four months. Um, but th- these first four weeks have been just, just awesome. And the feedback has been just tremendous so far. Right. And let me just give you a little feedback here. Just from your your Instagram, I love I love the fact that you guys, whenever you post a picture, it's your family, it's your wife, it's your kid, it's yourself. It gives us that, it, at least me on my end, it gives me that, hey, you know, they're they're putting in the effort. It's not just some guy that they hired. But he said a team. Yeah, a team, you know, it's it's actually yeah. you guys. 
Yeah, even the, uh, we did, um, it was in January, we had our photographer come over to the house and set up a, you know, kind of a mini studio type deal. And really it was just us and then uh, some of our best friends, their families, husband, wife, and their, uh, and their daughter. And that's, that's basically what you see on the site. That's, that's exactly what it is. Um, you know, originally we thought about, we had a friend of ours, uh, who's 21, 22, and she was going to be the, the female model. And then my nephew's a baseball player, Nova Southeastern. He was going to be the male guy, you know, doing the, because yeah, when you're doing homework and you're looking at Instagram accounts, so I like this, I like that, we should do this. You know, at the end of the day, I just thought about it. I'm like, you know, it's, it's going to be cool, I guess, but I, I just want to do our own thing. Yeah. And that's why, you know, everyone says, well, you kind of have to follow these type of rules, these unwritten rules of, um, of social media and how to push uh, merchandise. And it's like, you know what? I'm doing what I, I feel like doing and what, I, what feels right to us. And, you know, so we do a little bit of, you know, the so-called lifestyle shots. We'll do some, <laughs> you know, the, the, the lay flat shots as yeah. well. And then, we, you know, we put his T-shirt on Roxy the other day, yeah, our dog, mm-hmm. uh, and posted that yesterday. So, like, we want to have fun, you yeah. know. And, and for me, the other thing, too, is, is, you know, Motivation Monday. Like, you know, I, I've seen and been through a lot personally in my life. And I know I'm only 51. Uh but I think words and actions can impact individuals, um, whether directly or indirectly. And, I, sure. and if I can somehow, you know, get somebody pumped up to do something or motivate them or continue to motivate what they're doing, um, just by posting something or a little snippet or a family tale or anecdote, um, that's what I'm going to do. And that's kind of, that's what we are. I mean, we are what we are. It says it in our story and there's no, there's no line. I mean, there's, if anybody knows me, uh, and those that do, no, there's no gray area with me. I, I'm, a, I'm a straight shooter, and um, we are what we are, and we embrace what we are. We're family, and and we want you to kind of feel a part of it when you when you are buying something from us. And that's a, and that's a great feeling. And you kind of touched on it a little bit with your dad, uh, Cookie Rojas, and uh, Angel fans will remember. Uh, California Angels fans will remember him being the manager in, in '88. Now, growing up with a father you know, playing baseball and then getting into the coaching part of it, was there a certain point where it dawned on you where your dad maybe wasn't like a normal dad, like your friends, like Billy's dad was a dentist and he's home every night at five, but you didn't have that. That ever, when, when did that, when did that um, sink in for you? Uh, Fifth grade, Mrs. Sheets class at uh, Blue Valley elementary school. And it was 1977. And, uh, you know, I, I really didn't. I mean, I, I, you know, we grew up in Kansas City, and yeah, we went to the ballpark and the like, um, and got a chance to hang out on the field during BP and all that stuff. But it, it never, you know, it was just that was Dad's work. It was never like you know, like today. You know, fame. Everyone knows what fame is and who's famous or Instagram famous or whatever. It wasn't like that back in those days, you know. And um, our teacher, fifth grade teacher, she had this book, and it was called Unsung Heroes. And it was a, a base, I think it was a baseball book. And and she started reading out of this chapter, and the chapter was about my dad. And wow. that's when it first dawned on me. It's like, <laughs> hello, you know, my dad's in a book, you know. It's, there was no Google or Internet or anything like right. that. People actually read books back in those days. And, um, I know Joe Rudy was in there, another angel. Yeah. Uh, and so it was just one of those things where I thought, well, okay. And it happened to be the year that he retired. 
And mm. so he retired in 77 at Cookie Rojas State Royal Stadium. And then the following season, he became a coach mm. with the Chicago Cubs. And it was, you know, it was, it was fun spending those summers. I, you know, it was a different perspective uh, as a kid growing up at that point, um, knowing, you know, what your dad did and, and the like. And, you know, I, I guess I never noticed uh, really the kids, you know, treated me any differently. You know, I was for the longest time, and even in college, uh, you know, my middle name was Cookie Son or Son of <laughs> Cookie Rojas. Uh, and, and that's just kind of, you just kind of lived with it. But, uh, I'm I'm happy to the I'm really happy to, and thrilled to the fact that you know it's it's almost as if now um, it, it's it's Cookie Rojas the father of Victor Rojas it's kind of mm-hmm. the shoes on the other foot a little yeah, right. bit when they uh, when they talk about him and uh, I know PTI mentioned him the other day on his birthday it was right. kind of cool that he mentioned you know his son is the Angels announcer and his other son's a minor league manager. So it's kind of cool that uh, he's kind of had to wear that now, uh, kind of like we did growing up a little bit. It was was there any pressure, you know, whether it's internally from yourself or outside pressure to be this this MLB baseball player because of your dad? No, no, never. Uh, he always he always said, well, even, whatever you want doesn't matter to me." Even within know, within yourself, you, though, too, or or no. What's that? Even like within yourself, like I'm, I'm my dad's an MLB player. I have no. to strive to be that no 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 i think i think the goal you know i guess the the perspective i had was all right that's that's the brass ring is to get to major league baseball and then once i decided that that's what i wanted to do that was the ultimate goal it was never i gotta get here or i'm gonna be an absolute failure um never looked at it that way i think that's a loser's mentality to be perfectly honest with you i think uh, i think you set goals so that you're you're driven to achieve them and once you get there you set a new set of goals so that you never become stagnant um and so I, and, and i think that was I, I there's no doubt that my work ethic and the like come from my dad i mean here's a guy that came from cuba along with my mom and um, had nothing didn't speak the language and kind of had to make do uh, playing baseball and trying to figure it out in the early 60s. And so, and he did. And he carved out a hell of a career in 16 years and five times a, an all-star and a major league coach, major league manager. He's been in the front office. Uh, he's in a couple of Hall of Fames. And, it, and it's, you know, he, he did it. He made his American dream come true. And so I, I think that perseverance um, that, that I feel like I possess absolutely is attributed to both my mom and my dad. And so I never felt any pressure uh, from a baseball perspective. I knew that whatever I did, I wanted to be the best at it. Uh, I didn't want to do anything half-assed. And if I was going to play baseball, I was going to get to the big leagues. If I didn't get to the big leagues, I was going to find a way to get to the big leagues, whether it's a player, as a coach, front office, broadcaster. When I finally decided to do that uh, at age 31, um, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And so if I set my mind to something – um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much steamrolling whatever's in front of me so that I can get to where I want to go. That's awesome. And, you know, a question I wanted to have for you, uh, you were kind of touched on like kind of who you are because of your parents in a way, but the excitement you bring to your calls in the booth, I, it, it translates on the TV screen. I, I can feel dude, Victor's into it. I love it. Does that, is that something that just came natural to you? Does that, I mean, you can, I, 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 Think, I can speak for Daniel that you're you're just an exciting guy to listen to on TV. Like you, it really comes out in you. I appreciate it, and you know, I know there's people out there that probably think I'm boring and mundane. Uh, you know, when the action's kind of 
uh, you know, kind of in a lull when there aren't those exciting moments. You know what? There's, and that's fine. It is what it is. Uh, you know, it's impossible to appease all the people all of the time. And so when I stopped trying to do that is when I came into my own. You know, I, right. I, I really, I, and I tell young broadcasters that send me stuff and, and kind of communicate with me and asking for advice is that be yourself. I, I don't care what any teacher, professor, uh, critic is telling you. Until you figure out who you are doing what you do, and this is in all walks of life, you're never going to get out of your own way mm -hmm. uh, because you're always going to be trying to do something that either, one, you're not capable of doing, or two, being someone that you're not. Right. And so it is it's imperative. And, uh, you know, my really my realization of that came probably early in 2004 in my first season with the Texas Rangers. So it was my second season. Um, and Eric Nadell, who's in the Hall of Fame now, uh, Ford C. Frick Award winner, my broadcast partner. Is a guy that's meticulous for notes and just all kinds of stuff. I and mean, if you saw his, and he's got horrible penmanship, so I don't even know how he reads the stuff. Uh, but there is stuff everywhere on his scorecard. And I thought that that was the way it should be. And so I tried to emulate, you know, I tried to put notes. And, and what I found myself doing in my middle three innings, middle four innings that I did play by play, was not worry about the stuff that's happening on the field, which is the dumbest thing to do <laughs> on radio. And I was more focused on trying to get in all of these nuggets that I had researched. Uh, and that's when I realized, why am I trying to be Eric? Right. I'm not. And, and it, 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 you know, it took some time to finally get my feet underneath me and kind of feel comfortable. But I think to your question about my excitement about the – look, I grew up in the game. I mm -hmm. love it. Uh, very few situations that I haven't seen, although there are in baseball, there's always something that pops up. And so I think I'm kind of prepared when something happens, whether it's a rule thing or whatever, to, to kind of explain it. And uh, on, on television, you know, the machinations of, a, of a, a TV broadcast, you know, you're kind of, I'm the bus driver of the, of the broadcast. And a TV broadcast is all about the analyst. And so part of my role is not only teeing up Gooby, but I've got to read. I've got to get in. There's stuff in my ear. we got to do a replay. There's a graphic board we got to get in. <laughs> right. So there are times during the broadcast where I can see, and I see it when I'm just being a spectator and I'm sitting at home watching it, where a broadcast can seem a little choppy or why didn't he finish that story? Is he going to get back to it? And so, you know what I mean? On radio right. – you kind of control that flow, right? Because everything's coming off of you as the play-by-play -play guy. And so I get it when some people say, well, you know, they're, they're only talking about this. It's like, well, sometimes we kind of have to. <laughs> and I, I wish it could just be, I wish Gooby and I could just do a game like you and I, us right now, just talking. Because yeah. that would be heaven. Because, and I wish it would be on cable. Uh, <laughs> yes. Kind of yeah. say whatever you want. <laughs> but uh, that being said, um, I love the game of baseball. I really do. do are there things that, that really chat my hide about the game of baseball and some of the things that they want to implement and stuff like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm, a fan. I'm a fan. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a, a traditionalist that has, has molded into uh, modern day. I don't, I don't mind 
I used to hate backflips and all that show, but it doesn't bother me at all. I yeah. think it's cool. Whatever. Hey, do whatever you want, man. Exactly. Because I figured it out myself. I, yeah. In the broadcast booth, I figured it out myself. I'm not going to do something just to appease someone else to get good pub or a good tweet or whatever the case <laughs> be. Because it means absolutely nothing to me. Right. At the end of the day, if I've given you my 100%, and that's what I do every single broadcast, regardless of what anybody might think. I give you everything I have, and I leave it all on the table. Good, bad, or indifferent. And if something pisses me off, I'm going to let the viewer know because I'm not going to cheat the person that sits there every single night and tunes us in. Because fans today are much brighter than they ever were. All the information mm -hmm. that we have, they have uh, oh, yeah. access to it as well. And they're just as smart as we are, if not smarter. Uh, than we are. Or Google so smarter. Them. And if, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if something exciting happens, well, you bet your tail that I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know because I it's supposed to be fun. Right. It's right. supposed to be exciting. I want you to feel the palpitation in the stadium in my calls every single time. And so if an opposing team hits a home run in the eighth inning and all of a sudden we're not in the lead, I'm not gonna be happy, man. And I'm sorry about that. It's an Angels broadcast, and if you're another, if you're the opposing team's uh, viewer, well, that's too bad. You can tune <laughs> into your own broadcast. You know, that's just the way I look at it. On a national level, completely different. Right. You've got to play it even keel, and uh, I totally understand yeah. that. But from a local perspective, and I don't care, I don't buy into this whole thing with, oh, baseball is global, and MLB.tv, everybody watches, no, no, no. It's an Angels broadcast. It's right. an Angel-centric broadcast, and that's what it will continue to be for as long as I, I get the chance to do it. Absolutely. And to piggyback off something you just said right now, a good little segue here, what is your favorite moment in the booth or your favorite call? Um, I mean, every look, every day I spend in the booth with Gooby is a, is a good day. <laughs> We're, it's, he's, like, he's, he's like an older brother to me. Right. And uh, we knew each other before I got the job. And uh, I think the relationship has just kind of grown uh, even more so. This going, you know, it's crazy. It's going to be 10 years. Uh, this, this will be the 10th season together. Um, we spend uh, a lot of time together, um, especially out on the road. We go to the ballpark together. We broadcast together. We ride back together. We go out to dinner, have drinks together every single night uh, when we're out on the road. And so we talk a lot uh, over the last nine years. And so to me, that's, that's what I'm, I always look forward to being able to kind of just shoot the breeze with him about anything. It doesn't have to be about baseball, about anything. And uh, it, it's fun to, to do that with him. As far as favorite call, you know, I get asked that quite a bit, right? And, uh, you know, for the Angels, it's, it's been – it's been pretty cool, especially over the last couple of seasons, especially with Albert's chase of 500, 600, and 3,000. Uh, obviously, momentous occasions. But I, I think if I had to pick one, it probably it probably has to be the Weaver no-hitter. Yes. Uh, just because of, I don't know, and I always say this, and maybe it's just uh, pulling at my heartstrings or whatever, but because he's – He's a Simi Valley kid. He right. went to Long Beach State, and he was an Angels draft pick, and he came up through the system. He's, you know, he's one of our own type deal. And, Homegrown. Um, to do it at home with his mom, dad, wife, everyone there. Um, it was just a really cool moment, and his reaction afterwards was great. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, with the family on the field, too, after the game and stuff. I just that, – that, to me, is really cool. Irvin's, Irvin's no-no was great. Irvin's – Urban's perfect game would have been unbelievable. Yeah. Um, that was against 
Diamondbacks, and ironically, Justin Upton's the one that broke that up with a single up the middle <laughs> in the eighth inning. That was that was about as good a pitching performance uh, I've seen. I mean, Weaver's no-no obviously is pretty sweet, but Irvin's perfect game going into that eighth inning. I think it was one out in the eighth inning got broken up. I mean, that was unbelievably good pitching. I mean, if you go back and watch that, it's just ridiculous how good he was that night. I thought he had it. I thought yeah. he was going to get it. Um, but Justin jumped on a fastball and just laced it right back up the middle. So, um, but I mean, there's a, there's been a lot of great moments. I mean, he, he, I mean, Albert's Albert's six hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, grand slam off Urban. You know what I'm saying? After yeah. the three days yeah. after he hit five ninety nine, we had to wait, wait, wait for every at bat, and all of a sudden, boom, he hits the grand slam. I mean, talk about an exclamation point. Yeah, I was at every game before the grand slam. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> And, all your fault yeah, exactly. Then he got it when I wasn't there. Exactly. And, and and that video that that's out there of you making From that the ball, it's awesome, man. Awesome. You know what? We that that came about because um, uh, our stage manager Dean Benson is always some, periodically he'll he'll video stuff. And once Albert hit, I think it was on Monday, he hit five ninety nine. I told Dean, I said, listen, I think it'd be kind of cool just for me from a from a social media standpoint. Hey, every time Albert comes to the plate, because we didn't have a booth camera. We had a booth camera, but they were always doing things with it, so they couldn't record off of it. Mm-hmm. I said, just video every at-bat. So we had a bunch of deletions. Obviously, he would just go, he would hit pause. He goes, delete. You could just hear him in the background going, delete. Um, and then he sat there, and he got it, and it and it's and it's perfect. You know, I cut off the social media one with the pump and all that stuff, but he kept filming the whole time. He, he shows the field and everything. It, it was pretty cool that we caught it on the, oh, yeah. on camera. Yeah. We got we hit, we were lucky enough last season to um, talk to Gooby and me being a golfer, I like to ask kind of if I know they play golf. Um, we asked him in the media who's probably the best golfer, and he he pointed you out. And then later on that season, I talked to uh, Nick Tropiano on a rehab assignment and asked him, you know, out of the players who's the best golfer, and he pointed to Trout. Have you two ever played golf with each other? And if if not, who do you think uh, is the better player? play we've never played and i think it's probably because position players really don't play unless there's like an off day Mm -hmm. and for me most of my off days like i said before if i get a chance to go home i'm usually coming home um if i happen to be on the road i usually end up playing with uh you know kent french will play uh, a couple of producers will play patrick o'neill goes out and plays a little bit as well um, but I've heard the same thing about Trout's game as well. Um, I wouldn't put it by Albert, though. I've heard he's a pretty good golfer as well. Um, but, again, it's mostly – I don't think there are any pitchers. I think Andrew Bailey maybe plays. But, uh, but He also said know, that Weaver was probably play. the best overall when he was on the team, too. He did throw that in. Yeah, he played, He liked to play a lot of golf, too. Yeah. yeah. This team – I mean, the nine seasons that I've been here, when I was with the Rangers, a lot of those guys played. I mean, Kenny Rogers, Ryan Therese, a lot of those guys like to play and play regularly. I mean, they go out almost every single day. There aren't too many guys that do that other than on off days nowadays. Right. And I don't know if it's, you know, the mindset or whatever, but, uh, you know, where I get it from a position player standpoint. Mm-hmm. You want to every mess day. around with timing. Well, not timing, but, like, injuries and stuff like that, so you'll wait for an off day to do something. Um, but um, – you know, we'll see. We'll see how the coaching staff. I know a lot of the coaches play. Eric Kinski played quite a bit. Paul Sorrento plays a lot. Um, Mike Ashman, our VP pitcher, I've played with him a couple times as well. He'll, he'll go out and play as well. So it, it, it's fun when we do that because it gets you, you know, kind of away from, you know, the, the monotony of a six-month season. Because right. 
look, man, when you're living out of a suitcase out on the road, it, you got to get out of a hotel. And, you know, when you've done it long enough, you've seen every city, you've seen all the uh, the tourist traps, you, you kind of want to just get away and have fun and, and tee it up and maybe kind of do something else. And I think that's what it's kind of a release to kind of get away from all that stuff. You've been more than generous with your time. So let's go on this last this last question and we'll let you go. I collect baseball hats. I collect all a bunch of angel hats. Um, some of our buddies collect, you know, signed baseballs, bobbleheads. Do you, because of the stadiums you go to, players you see, do you collect anything, even if it's outside of baseball? Uh, I, not outside of baseball, not that I can think of, but uh, the last couple of years, uh, I've started um, getting autographed jerseys. And uh, what uh, my son and I have decided to do is either guys that are either in the Hall of Fame or players today that we think might be going into the Hall of Fame. And so uh, we've got a nice little collection going. Uh, the framing, I didn't realize how much the framing costs <laughs> these things. It's one thing to acquire sure to get it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the 500 bucks of frame, it's kind of like, whoa, it's, you know, we can't do them all at the same time. But I've got, uh, I think I have, I think I have three trout, uh, yeah, I think I have three Trout jerseys. I've, his first All-Star game in Kansas City, wow. not the actual jersey, but the All-Star game in Kansas City yeah. that's signed by him. I've got the Cincinnati, um, the All-Star game in Cincinnati, and then I've got an Angels one. I've got a Shohei that I picked up last year uh, just for fun. But then I've got, you know, gosh, I got, I got Griffey and uh, David Ortiz. I picked up about two. I've got a Kershaw. I mean, we've got any number. I've got Don Mattingly. He should be in the Hall of Fame. That's my personal yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of what we started doing. And, and that's, that's – I'll have questions or uh, I'll have uh, discussions with Doobie. You know, like <clears throat> last year I was thinking about getting, <clears throat> excuse me, a Buster Posey. And so, like, I like, I like Buster. I mean, he's a great player. But, like I said, our criteria is – is he going to be the Hall of Fame? <laughs> right. And so I'd have these discussions with Gooby. All right, Buster Posey, yes or no? Uh, you know, and then we have all this long discussion, protracted out, and, uh, and, and, and it's fun to kind of talk baseball in that regard. But that's kind of what uh, Tyler and I have been doing, my son. Th- those conversations with you and Gooby, I would love to be a fly on that wall just to hear what you guys go back and forth. And especially if you guys disagree and how you guys go back and forth, it would be awesome to hear. You know what, man? I've... Uh, we, we have never had an argument wow. um, since we've known each other. And we've we've disagreed on, you know, he thinks Alan Trammell or Jack Morris is a Hall of Famer. I don't think Jack Morris is a Hall of Famer. But that's just that kind of discussion. But we have never gotten to the point where, you know, dropping F-bombs at each other, <laughs> and not, you know, whatever. Some of the stories you hear nowadays, never, not one time have we ever had that ever had that conversation knock on wood and I hope we never do um and the, the good thing about goobs is we can talk about anything and i can ask him his advice on something he'll ask me his advice on something um a lot of times it's not baseball related and and, and that's that's cool and um you know the off season we'll shoot each other texts periodically and i get to see him here to, tomorrow when i go to tempe because we're taping our preseason show uh, this week, and so uh, I'm excited to see him just to just talk about his family and how things are going out there. Um, and and he asked me the same questions, especially with what's going on with my wife. So it's it's been a really good relationship. But our conversations, um, 
I tell you what, it would be it would be a fantastic Netflix nice. show. <laughs> uh, Just have, take my money. Have a camera and microphone with Gooby and I after a game at a bar. Oh. the conversations <laughs> are off the wall and they are very descriptive. You might have to try to find that bar you guys are sitting in. There. <laughs> yeah, we 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 had a. We had Gooby on our show last year, and he it was a great conversation. So I can just imagine uh, you two. But uh, where can uh, where can uh, our listeners find you on Instagram and 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 your your website for Big Flight Gear? If you want to uh, shout it out for us. Well, Instagram. My personal Instagram is Victor Rojas twenty nine. Our uh, everything we do for the business, uh, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or social or uh, Instagram. Is uh, at Big Fly Gear. The uh, the website's BigFlyGear.com. And uh, look, our plan the whole time has been uh, we're going to grow this organically. We're not uh, we're not in a hurry. I'm not trying to put food on the table uh, with this business. And and that's that's what I really wanted to focus the family and the kids on. That um, yeah, you could spend money and, and do this or that, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to have a, su- a successful business. And so let's let's. Let's do things right. Let's buy quality product. Let's send them out. Let's uh, hopefully people buy them, and once they get them, they'll be our biggest marketing uh, asset because word of mouth uh, is what makes or break. Um, and and that's that's kind of been the case so far. And so we we knew we felt wholeheartedly if we got the products in people's hands, they would realize that uh, you know this isn't some you know print job they got off the corner. This is yeah. it's legit stuff with quality merchandise. And um, you know if you like baseball and baseball history. Um, but you got plenty of stories to tell and we'll continue to tell. So hopefully, uh, hopefully things keep going the way they are. All right, Victor, thank you very much for your time. And, um, thanks for everything. Thanks for the conversations and everything. Anytime guys, it's my pleasure. So that was our interview with Victor Rojas again. Thank you very much to Victor for his time. Um, we messaged back and forth. He was like, how much time you need? And I told him. We usually go about 20, 25 minutes, just kind of thinking that's where we're going to do how long the interview was going to be, and we were going to play it Saturday. But, you know, the more we kept on going, the more we started talking back and forth. You know, the next thing you look down, it's like 40 minutes. So um, we decided, again, to put it out there now as its own podcast because John and I feel it was a really, really good interview. But definitely check out his stuff, Big Fly Gear on Instagram. Uh, check out BigFlyGear.com. Uh, great stuff. A lot of good stuff coming out, like he said in the interview, down the line. So definitely want to follow them on the Instagram to keep updated on that. But again, um, Johnny and I will be in Tempe this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, putting a podcast out Saturday. So again, um, get your questions in, get any kind of comments, concerns, or anything you need in uh, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Again, allangelspodcast at gmail.com. All right. And that'll be it for the special edition of the All Angels podcast. We look, we hope to see you down in Tempe this weekend. Um, have a good day. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.